Good things happen even in bad markets, but how can you improve your chances of good happening to your nest egg? Hey guys, welcome to the show. Good to have you. I'm Eric Powers with Sky Blue Wealth here to talk to you about your retirement, investing, and personal finance. Today's show is going to be all about finding hope in gloomy times. A bear market or recession puts the negativity into overdrive online and on every news outlet, so we're going to push back on that some. We're going to talk about success stories that came out of past recessions or even the Great Depression. We'll also look back at the 1970s, lessons learned from that intense inflation and recession. Before we get rolling, I want to thank all of you who have subscribed to the show. We appreciate it, and it really means a lot that the info that we put out in this podcast is making a difference. And for those of you who have not yet subscribed to the show, you know what to do. Just tap that follow button. That way you'll always get to hear the latest show. And please share it with anybody who's nervous about how the economy's looking. Some younger folks have never seen a downturn before, so they will appreciate tips for surviving and thriving even in a recession. Although this is not technically a recession at the time of this recording. So why don't we start with that? Simple advice to keep a level head when the world freaks out. This could apply to other stuff besides finance too, come to think of it. Panic is one of the most trendy things ever, and it goes viral quicker than anything. The main thing to remember when the stock market takes a dip or the economy runs aground is to avoid the natural inclination to do something desperate. For those seeing the first major nosedive in their IRAs or 401ks, they could be led into trying to protect their assets by stopping investing, by pausing until things get better. Or they may even pull the plug and withdraw their money so that they won't lose it all. Desperation is the mistake that's cost millions of people big money over the past century. If you just started investing, then you have decades to make up for any losses. The stock market historically bounces back. If you're close to retirement and lost 10% in a short time, that doesn't end your grand plans. The same process that built up the nest egg of a million dollars or two is the same one that takes a hit sometimes. And here's the thing to remember. There's been 14 bear markets since World War II, and with that data, the average bear market has historically lasted about 13 months on average. So the natural next question that you may be asking, what's the average recovery time? Well, I looked at this and Yahoo says 4.4 years, not 10 years, not 15 years, 4.4 years, which is not really a long time. Find something on Netflix to pass the time, things will be okay. If you have the patience to avoid freaking out just because the talking heads are screaming that it's the end of capitalism, they tend to be a bit over the top in case you haven't noticed. So your main goal is to never do desperate things regarding your money, your assets, or your investments. Retirement planning should include the reality of downturns and dips, a plan which readies you for the inevitable times so that you can make the right moves when those times come. The next thing to know is that ups and downs are part of life, a part of nature. There is no dark without light, right? No sun without rain, no awesome days without gloomy days to compare them to, right? The same natural rhythm applies in the stock market and the economy too. It rises and falls. Low employment, which is not the case at the time of this recording, can last years and then some unknown cause creeps in and causes higher unemployment for 10 months. Let's think of tech stocks for a moment, which may dominate for half a decade and then hit a bubble like back in the start of the dot-com age. But over the long haul, the U.S. economy goes in the right direction. It grows and it produces more opportunities for everyone. Same thing with the stock market. I guess the thing to remember is that if you think the stock market should only go up and up and up, then someone probably misinformed you. Investing is the path to wealth, but it is not a straight line and definitely not a rocket ship trajectory to riches and zero dips. What goes up must come down, and luckily it's often a short time or in little chunks. 
And what about those lessons from the brutal times called the 1970s? Well, bell-bottom jeans were a big mistake, but that's a lesson for another day. Folks who remember the stories or have researched the issue like I have know that there was terrible inflation. It was the longest period of sustained high inflation rates. The phrase stagflation trended because they couldn't stop it. The problem lingered on and on. Workers were demanding higher pay, and they got it in some cases, which further raised prices even higher. Does this ring familiar at all today? Then there were also massive gas lines. People were sitting in their cars waiting to get gas because of the shortage. There was problem after problem in the 70s. And looking back, many blamed government leaders at the time and those in charge of the Federal Reserve. I'm sure there's plenty of blame that's justified there, but hindsight is 2020. It's easy to say what they should have done in the 70s if you're living in the 2000s or 2022. Armchair quarterbacking makes you feel like a genius, but fixing the problems in real time in the trenches is a lot different, you all know that. And comparing just one problem we've seen lately, inflation that is right in our face. An example is airline tickets. The contrast between today's prices and prices in the middle of the pandemic is shocking, especially for those who have to fly for business. And even though prices may not be at an all-time high, I haven't checked those numbers lately, the fact that just a year ago the prices were super low because there was no demand due to travel restrictions. Well, that swift price hike makes it feel a lot more painful. Gas today is at an all-time high. And that is another in-your-face problem because the price went up so fast. 0 to 60 like a Corvette, or even faster, a Tesla. GasBuddy.com shows that regular unleaded was at 231 at the beginning of 2021, and then it hit $5 per gallon in June of 2022. Those kinds of jumps can stick with the economy for a while. For example, a guy spending $200 more per week on fuel for his business truck may not be able to build that deck he wanted for his house or to go on that cruise with his family he wanted to try. It becomes a domino effect, you know? Well, that sounded gloomier than I had expected, so let's look at the historical bright side. I'm going to run through some names of people who built up vast fortunes. Some of them started with nothing, some of them even born in the Great Depression. And after those quick highlights, I found some interviews from back in 2010. A little news channel found some businesses, smaller types who bounced back from the housing collapse of 2008. So some good stuff on titans of industry and smaller types of companies that learned to survive after economic backslides. All right, have you ever heard of Charles Darrow? He invented the board game that causes more arguments than any other. Monopoly, I love it. And he did it during the depression. I believe he was probably the first game maker to ever crack millionaire status. Now another guy who came up hard was Sam Walton. He was just 44 when he started his Walmart. A lot of luck mixed in with a lot of hard work, no doubt, but it grew into a behemoth that Walmart is today. He was another product of the depression and came out the other side. Not as well known as Mr. Walton is a guy named Jamie Dimon. Sounds like a professional poker player, but he's actually the CEO of J.P. Morgan. And during the housing crisis and credit crisis, he took some risks and bought up the competition. He saw opportunity with other companies' value dropping to rock-bottom prices, and he made moves to take his company to a new level. Now, not too many of us are going to be CEOs of giant corporations like J.P. Morgan, but I also read about a young lady who does this on a smaller scale. She invests in regular small businesses that she evaluates and consults so that they can grow. Once the business sees growth, she takes a portion of the profits and not doing any further work. She is really into the time-tested business, everyday services like catering or painting businesses, remodeling and stuff like that. She's a pretty sharp lady who uses modern tools to boost revenue for the most traditional businesses. Just a few more success stories here. 
Robert Kiyosaki has said he made the most money ever during one of the worst economic periods ever, 2008. Not all of us can be famous like this rich dad, poor dad scenario, but when you're prepared for the worst and you keep your head on straight, you can take advantage of many opportunities. It's easy to say you want to rent out a few houses when people are begging to move in, but it's way harder to make the right moves to buy those rental properties when times are not booming. That's when house prices are really low. The next person is Michael Cullen, who quit his management job in 1903. Bad timing, but it worked out because he created a modern grocery shopping experience that still influences grocery chains today. See, bad timing and good timing look a lot alike. It's just the people and their plans and courage that make the difference sometimes. Two more names, John Paulson, another kind of unknown guy, but he saw the flaws in all the careless mortgage lending going on in the 2000s, so he bet against it, knowing reckless lending could not be sustained. So unlike so many, he made money on the housing bubble bursting. And our last name is Warren Buffett, good old Uncle Warren, born around the depression. And how much did he start his investing journey with? Maybe 100,000, maybe 50,000, nope, $6,000, and it turns out that's all he needed starting was the key. All right, let's move on to stories of everyday business owners who took a big hit around 2008, the Great Recession as many remember it. These people faced major problems and economic hardships, but the common theme of their eventual success was their ability to adapt. Adapt and survive, then actually thrive when many people around them were panicking in the streets and giving up. Hard times make hard people, so when we get used to easy times, we can let our guard down. So the first interview I watched showcased someone who owned a refurbished computer parts warehouse. It was a huge operation and they faced going under when the economy fell apart. Their competition started slashing prices and they feared they'd lose tons of business to them, but they stayed the course and stuck to providing real value over cheap products. Then they adapted big time. They started offering service in addition to their computer parts. This added major revenue and kept them in business way ahead of the competition. Getting through the tough times in the market is no different. Stay the course and look for opportunities that you may have missed or ones that only arrive when the economy does take a major downturn. This next business was a bed and breakfast. Two brothers owned it and when the Great Recession hit, they weren't worried a bit. Wrong. People stopped booking rooms because they were laid off and canceling vacations, stuff like that. So the brothers took time to think over what to do. They closed the place for six months. Having an emergency fund is smart, clearly, and when they had reopened, they'd focused on the local scene and what they could offer to non-travelers. The place became more a bar hangout and restaurant than a B&B. People could afford to spend money locally, so the owners took a major pivot that saved the business. And that's a good business move anyway, to evaluate the business plan yearly, just like a retirement plan. What worked in 1998 may not work in five years and 20 years later. You know, things are gonna look a lot different, but being able to adapt and willing to pivot plans is vital in building wealth. Okay, two more survival stories from market downturns, then we'll wrap it up. This fella talked about his remodeling business, a home builder. The family had never had to lay off any workers in the company history, but 2008 changed that. Worst thing was, the family business was busy with work, but most of it was becoming unprofitable. Generating revenue, but not profiting. Not being able to save after payroll and endless expenses. So they adapted. They looked at their plans and changed it up, way outside of the industry norms. They began charging to do estimates for any jobs. You probably know free estimates are the norm if you've ever got a price from a contractor, but this home builder said that this one move made a huge difference. He never had to waste time on price checkers or tire kickers ever again, and the jobs they took got bigger and bigger as small jobs faded out because those customers didn't want to pay for the estimates. 
and the company wasn't profiting off that type of bid anyways. This remodeling company hired back their laid off workers and expanded as a result, all while the competition was losing money and giving up. As for this last success story, and all of these were from a small news team in New Hampshire, I believe, this company was in the printing business, newspapers and the like. These interviews were from 2010, remember? So that was a terrible business model because the internet was digitizing all the news. Papers were going extinct. A lot of people didn't realize it, but Craigslist cost newspapers millions of dollars when they made classifieds free online. But the CEO of this printing press company saw the writing, or blogging, on the wall. They adapted to the market and began focus on package printing. Ring a bell? Like all those Amazon packages that arrive on your doorstep? Pretty sharp move on the CEO's part because he was also wise enough to see how his state's business development department could assist him. They qualified for a grant that helped them to make the change that helped them survive and thrive during the difficult times. Okay, let's recap. Pretty good stories that show recessions are not the end of the world. Market downturns don't write your fate in stone. These times can be difficult and require hard work, but they can be overcome. So as we discussed, where you start doesn't dictate where you end. Sam Walton and Warren Buffett were just two examples of that. You can start a business and start investing from where you are by using what you've saved to invest and then focus on gaining momentum. And as we discussed, those regular people running small businesses, hard economic times do not mean that you have to fold up your tent and give up. Sure, tough decisions have to be made. New ideas put into action and being willing to adapt is a key to hanging in there during these tough times. I'll leave you with a quote from a successful businessman I read long ago. I love golf clubs, and selling them has made me wealthy. But as soon as my customers no longer desire golf clubs, I will stop selling them and find out what my customers do want to buy. Remember, it's not the smartest or strongest who survive and thrive. It's the ones who are willing and able to adapt. If you want to take a look at your retirement plan to ensure that you can handle market downturns, please contact me today. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor.